Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona, and the world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweed's Health Center and Studio Theme, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit some of Weed's Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. How's everybody doing today? July 26th. Oh, can't even believe we are darn near August. And I know you're all wondering how many days until Christmas. All right, Googly. What does Googly say? How many days until Christmas? Uh, Oh, my gosh. 52 days until Christmas, folks. (laughs) Oh, bestie. 153 days until it's over. That's funny. Oh, the countdown is on. Half the year is over. And, uh... What are we doing? All right, we're doing Weed Day Wednesday, folks. Thanks for being here. We're happy you're here. We're excited you're here. Can you hear me now? That's the big That's the big question always. Weed Day Wednesday. All right, what's everybody smoking out there? I always ask because I like to hit, clean my bong and hit my bong in the morning. Uh, I've got a little Skittles and... Banana, banana something or other, really good. <laughs> banana blast or I like the bananas. I like the indicas. I like to chill out. Uh, life can get stressful, so it's good to chill out. And my back hurts, so that helps. <laughs> Anywho, happy Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. Cannabis Kid is uh, cruising around the universe. Um, and Silver Sister is on Grand Island. And uh, you are listening to Weekday Wednesday through Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come on down and get certified. Uh, real, real simple process. If you, um, let's see, go to tumbleweedshealthcenter.com, check out the certification section, four, down, four doors down to the right after the home page. And uh, you can book your appointment right there. And it says if you have one of these 
medical conditions you can get a medical marijuana card. If you have PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy, HIV, hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's, cachexia or wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. You're eligible for a medical cannabis card if you suffer from a chronic or debilitating disease or medical condition or just a treatment for a chronic or debilitating disease or medical condition that causes any of the above conditions or more. So if you don't hear your condition on there, but you're getting treated for something and it's causing something that's on there on that list, you can get your card. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. You can email thctucson at gmail.com, and you can just come on down, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. We also have a beautiful, well, it's not brand new anymore. It'll be uh, two years old in October called The Good Leaf. Woohoo! And that's at 6224 East Speedway Boulevard, right next to Bookman's, and that's a wonderful place to get all your hemp and CBD needs met. Um, so go check it out. It's an awesome place. All right, so let's see what is happening in the world. We've got the latest edition of Cannabis Business Times. Thank you, folks, for always sending this out. We love it. We love it. So we've got some facts, uh, fast facts they call from there. We'll read some... Uh, some news from Arizona and maybe some news from around the world. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Did you know that cannabis legalization is putting police dogs out of work? That kind of makes me happy because I don't want them to get hurt. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, give the dog a job, but why don't you give them a job like mowing the lawn or something? <laughs> Picking up their own poop. Now, that's a job. <laughs> Minnesota. Legalized cannabis, and as a result, some dogs are out of a job. Canine officers such as Django, a nine-year-old German Shepherd, and Cobra, a 10-year-old Belgian Malinois, are set to retire soon after the law goes into effect August 1st, Captain Ryan uh, Mangan said, according to USA Today. What a beautiful pup. I know it's probably just a yep, shutter stock, stock photo, but pretty dog. These pups are the Olmstead County Sheriff's Office's only canines left trained to detect cannabis. Police dogs across the country are losing work as departments like um, his no longer teach them how to smell your weed. Uh, <clears throat> if cannabis legalization continues to spread, it's likely that these departments will never offer this class again. Whew. Meanwhile, Cats are curled up at home, unaware that some animals actually have to work for a living. <laughs> That's true. Django and Cobra are good old dogs. Even police dogs are good dogs, already at the end of their careers. Their early retirement, which they get to begin enjoying after switching departments into patrol work, starts in September. Congrats to Django and Cobra. If the Olmstead County Sheriff's Office is reading this, please don't forget to throw them a proper cop retirement party. 
Yeah. But while doggos like Django and Cobra may be out of a job, police are still interested in the canine job market. There are still plenty of illegal drugs from cocaine to opioids for them to sniff out with their cute snouts. However, apparently you can't untrain a dog. So any canine officers who pick up the smell of weed are getting sacked. They could compromise searches and get human cops in trouble. Didn't even think about that. Yeah, I can still detect any amount of weed. (laughs) I think. I don't know. Um, A police dog's ability to snitch based on smelling cannabis smoke has been well utilized by police departments. The skill set came with with risk even before cannabis legalization swept the country. Cannabis is also now legal in Maryland, according to Talbot County Sheriff Joe Gamble for USA Today. A 2005 Supreme Court decision means that if a dog detects drugs during a traffic stop, the officer has probable cause to search your car without a warrant. He adds that when a dog smells weed in this jurisdiction, it could often lead to the discovery of illegal firearms or other drugs. However, should these searches lead to court, the search could be challenged if the dog was trained in detecting cannabis. This is why Raven, a very good Labrador retriever, was sent into retirement on July 1st. Then there's poor Cato, who was shuffled into patrol work just like Django and Cobra in Minnesota. Cato now faces either retirement or being sold to a police department in a state where cannabis is illegal. Oh. Quote, we don't uh, we just don't need the headache of defense attorneys, Gamble said. Apparently, police dogs try very hard to be good police dogs and please their human cops. Lawrence Myers, a retired Auburn University professor who has studied detection dogs, told USA Today that while the dogs are a, quote, great tool, quote, they are also susceptible to, to bias. A 2019 investigation by the Louisville Courier Journal found that in nearly half of the 139 traffic stops since 2017 in which drug canines suggest the presence of narcotics inside a vehicle, none were found. Quote, I've been an expert witness on, I have no idea how many cases involving all sorts of these, including drugs, Meyer said. And in some cases, I'm afraid certain officers have viewed the dog as a search warrant on a leash. If you'd like to help a former cop dog, check out Mission Canine. While police dog pups are adopted by their handlers, the organization can even help to adopt a retired dog. In addition to offering rehabilitation services, aside from helping these pups transition back to dog civilian life, they even help rehabilitate the very brave police dogs who survived trauma while on the job. But I doubt that you would want um, one of these dogs to go live with somebody who's uh, a cannabis user. Especially if they're a smoker, the dog would be like, dude, it, I can't even sleep. It's everywhere. <laughs> Seriously. Whoops. Whoops, it Daisy. Hmm. All right. Let's. Uh, huh, here's a good one. This reminds us of our buddy Robert Platshorn. Uh oh. Somebody doesn't like Barbie. All right. Beach Bud. Large amount of cannabis washes ashore in Florida. Police advise locals to avoid turning this discovery into a treasure hunt. (laughs) A Florida beach was the site of some mysterious lost treasure over the weekend. Police in Neptune, a town in the northeastern corner of the state near Jacksonville, said on Saturday that officers, quote, responded to a large amount of marijuana which washed ashore 
uh, earlier this morning. Quote, it appears a large quantity uh, likely broke open at sea and separated before coming ashore, the Neptune Police Department said in a Facebook post. Quote, officers are on scene with uh, public works to clean the marijuana off the beach. Wow, that must be a lot if there's <laughs> multiple people cleaning it off the beach. The Facebook post included three photos, each showing a long trail of cannabis buds along the beach. Well, before anyone starts thinking about coming out and turning this discovery into your own treasure hunt, we would advise against it, the police department said in the post. The weed was apparently quite dank and not in a good way. Quote, after floating in the ocean for some time, the marijuana has quickly begun to degrade and rot, the cops said in the post. Local news outlet Action News Jacks reported late Saturday morning that officers, quote, were on the scene working with public works to clean the marijuana off the beach and that the scene is clear now. Uh, quote, there, were, there was a couple of cop cars down here parked on the street, just parked down there, I guess, picking up nugs of weeds that washed up from the water, a night witness told the station. We've seen this movie before. <laughs> in 2018, law enforcement in St. John's County, Florida, reported that a number of packages of cannabis had been washing up on their shores, including one that weighed 30 pounds. Wow. Quote, most of those kinds of exchanges go on in the middle of the night. Chuck Mulligan, the St. John's County Public Information Officer, said at that time, there's no telling where in the ocean this could have been uh, this possibly could have occurred. It could have been off the coast of St. John's County or it could have been somewhere in South Florida that drifted for days. But being so close in proximity to Central and South America, we are many times the gateway to get product into the U.S., quote, he said. So it's not uncommon for us to see this every once in a while, maybe once or twice a year in St. John's County. Recreational cannabis is still against the law in the Sunshine State. Advocates are trying to change that, but have run into stiff opposition from some Florida officials. Last month, Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody filed a lawsuit with the state Supreme Court challenging a proposed 2024 ballot initiative to legalize recreational cannabis. In her brief, Moody asserts that the initiative would allow, quote, adults 21 years or older to possess, purchase, or use marijuana products and marijuana accessories, quote, for recreational purpose. Uh, because cannabis remains illegal under federal law, Moody contends that uh, makes the initiative, quote, incorrect and misleading, quote. The advocacy group pushing to get the initiative on next year's ballot, Smart, and Safe Florida responded this month with its own brief filed to the Supreme Court. Quote, in the past several years, this court has established a roadmap for sponsors of marijuana-related ballot initiatives. In drafting the initiative, SSF followed that clear roadmap, but the Attorney General and other opponents now argue that this court should abruptly redraw the map, the group's brief said. The Attorney General's lead argument is that the court should discard three of its recent precedents precedents that it expressly encouraged ballot sponsors to use as blueprints for drafting future initiatives. Well, there you go. Yeah, don't smoke what's washing up on shore, kids, because it's probably not safe. I would doubt it is safe. All right. All right, let's see if there's any interesting things going on in Arizona. Um, let's see here. Oh, oh I'm not going to read that when you get mad. <laughs> um, hmm, let's see, Arizona, 
Oh, yeah, we read that one about Arizona getting free marijuana when temperatures surpass 109. Wow. So, all right, there's a new uh, dispensary in Arizona um, opening, True Leaf Harvest. One of Arizona's largest medical and recreational marijuana dispensary chains has opened a new dispensary location at 1985 Apache Trail in Apache Junction. Unlike previous grand openings, uh, this grand opening was celebrated quietly and happened without even notifying the local media. Trulieve entered the Arizona market in 2021 of October, part of the acquisition of Harvest Health and Recreation, Arizona's largest cannabis retailer. Harvest and Trulieve affiliated dispensaries in Arizona are in Apache Junction, Avondale, Casa Grande, Chandler, Cottonwood, Glendale, Guadalupe, Mesa, Peoria, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Sierra Vista, Tempe, and Tucson. All right. Well, there you go. Yep. No big fanfare this time. No big hosted events. Just, it just opened. Okay. There you have it. It just opened. All right. Let's see what's going on. You are listening to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you being here. We hope we are here because, you know, I'm just jinxing it right now. Here it goes. It's going to happen. No, it's not. Not. Are chronic conditions holding you back from a happy, healthy life? Get on the right track with Tumbleweeds Health Center. Our CBD products are formulated to fit your health lifestyle. I would definitely say that CBD has changed my life. I mean, I don't worry about my dog anymore, and I don't worry about sleeping anymore. Tumbleweeds Health Center, voted number one health center in Tucson, has created a proprietary number of CBD blends, each designed to promote health and well-being. Let Tumbleweeds Health Center show you how CBD products might help you improve your life the natural way. Yep, you can give us a call, 520-838-4430. We can help you with a lot of chronic conditions. The state of Arizona covers a lot of chronic conditions. We're very lucky that way. Um, They also give you uh, a lot of medicine, a lot stronger medicine. Uh, If you go to TumbleweedsHealthCenter.com and you go to the education section, I put a little um, brief about uh, a brief comparison of the medical and recreational programs. These are the top reasons to keep the safety of having your medical marijuana card. You are already in the recreational program if you are 21 years or older, and here's why to stay in the uh, medical program. Hopefully, if the bill passes, which it has not yet, um, hopefully if it it passes, let me see, SB 1466. Um, If it passes, then things are going to get a lot better for medical marijuana patients. They're going to pay a lot less money to the state of Arizona. All right, medical versus recreational. Uh, Better legal protection in the medical program, you're you're protected against felony fines and jail time. In the recreational program, uh, you can get a misdemeanor for anything over one ounce which means you can get felony fines and jail time just for having too much medicine, a seat over an ounce. You get an ounce. Uh, in the recreational program, you get one ounce. And in the medical program, you get two and a half ounces every two weeks, which is awesome. Um, in the recreational program, you only get a half a gram of concentrates, and you get an unlimited amount of concentrates in the medical, uh, medical program every two weeks. In the medical program, if you live further than 25 miles away from a dispensary, you can grow 
25, you can grow 12 plants, 25 plants, 12 plants. Um, right now, everybody that's 21 or older is in the recre uh, recreational program, so you automatically get six plants per adult, two adults per household, 12 plants total. So that is a lot of cannabis. Uh, and I know a lot of people that are growing, and they grow, they grow some really great stuff. Um, now that it's legal, that's really awesome. So let's see. Uh, oh, recreational program. They test their uh, cannabis in-house, <laughs> which is kind of uh, sneaky. Uh, in the recreational program, um, in the medical program, uh, they're supposed to have, be testing by third party to ensure safety. Uh, in the medical program, you get employee protection, which is very nice because a lot of employers are like, you can't use cannabis. Um, however, you do have to check their policies and procedures. And um, definitely find out what their, their views on cannabis are. Uh, employers might not be able to fire you if you use cannabis for that. But if you use rec recreationally, they definitely can fire you. But some employers will say, hey, we know there's a medical program. You need to go get your medical card, and then you're good to go. Okay. Um, in the rec program, your edibles are restricted to 100 milligrams per bag or dose or candy bar or whatever, and only 10 milligrams a piece. Um, in the medical program, there's no limit on edibles, and they can take shape in any form and can contain any amount of THC. Here's one that a lot of folks are interested in, gun rights. So this gets tricky. However, um, in the medical program, you can keep your gun rights in the medical program per the state of Arizona. However, still federally illegal to own a gun and have marijuana on your person, just like it is to have a narcotic and a gun on your person. Not allowed. Uh, you can't even go into a bar and drink with a gun on your person. Um, let's see. Yep, and in the recreational program, you'll obviously go to jail um, for having guns on you with with your cannabis um, via for the state or feds. All right. Um, let's see. I think that's a. I think that was a repeat. Yep, that was a repeat. Less tax on the medical program products. Um, 8.7% recreational program is pays 25.1% sales tax. That is crazy. Now, you'll be in both programs if you have your medical marijuana card. So get certified, get your card, get the benefits of more medicine, uh, stronger medicine, less money for your medicine, and more legal protection for your medicine. I would say those are the top five because in the recreational program, if you're 21 or older, you can already grow six plants, which is a game changer. Yeah, so then you don't have to feel bad about growing anymore, you know? It was hard, even though, like, when I was caregiving, doing it all legally, I always, I have a stack of cards. I could probably make a stack of, I'm sure people out there can make a 52-card poker deck or something with their cards. Um, but seriously... 
I grew it illegally and still felt weird. It was, you know, it's just anyway, but growing it now, which I haven't in a while for cat's reasons. <laughs> um, yeah. Everybody who can grow should grow. And you should try and get your hands on some uh, auto flowers, some feminized auto flowers. They are like magic. Yeah, and if you've got a good little lighting system, lighting system, lighting system, if you've got a good little lighting system and some air and some music and some good soil, some good water, you're good to go. It's pretty simple like that. Um, I always, I like growing from seed because then I know exactly what I'm getting and what I'm starting from. If someone else gives me a clone or something, I don't know what I'm introducing in my garden. And one time I got clones and um, you guys get hot out there. I got clones and then I got bugs. And that was an awful thing. Yeah. Clones and bugs. So just, you know, I grow from seed. That's what I like to do. Anyway, all right, right on. Okay, so I turned my speaker down so I can't even hear what's happening when we do the <laughs> when I did the commercial. So I have to turn that back up in a minute. All right, folks, you are listening to Weed Day Wednesday, brought to you by uh, Bell Star Cannabis Kids, Silver Sister, and Tumbleweeds Health Center. So come on down and get certified. Forty-eight twenty-six East Broadway Boulevard. Uh, get on down here and get certified. If you want to know what you can get certified for, you can go to Tumbleweed Health Center. That's all. And you can book your appointment right there. Go to the certification section. And if you want to know what you can get certified for, I'll tell you. A PTSD. Now, a lot of these conditions, you have to have records from your doctor, uh, specifically that one. PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy, HIV, Hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's disease, um, including dementia, cachexia, wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. And you're eligible for a medical cannabis card if you suffer from a chronic or debilitating disease or a medical condition or just a treatment for a chronic or debilitating disease or medical condition that causes any of the above conditions and more. Um, please, if you have them, bring your current medical records, especially for the PTSD within the last 12 months. Um, and um, we can also offer evaluations if you don't have it. And then uh, also we can fax out for your records. So it's a really good deal. And if you have food stamp information, please bring your food stamp information, your card with your name on, or the award letter that's current with your information. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. Uh, you can email THC Tucson 
at gmail.com. And um, you can even come down to 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Walk on in. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 10 to 6 p.m. You know what else you can do? Whoop, whoop. Puff, 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 my house like what up i got some good pot i'm just pumped up got some herb from the pot shop ice in my fridge it used to be frosty my friends like damn that's a stoned ass donkey rolling in hella hot looking like a steeper time dominating all my friends as i eat some chili fries draped in the smuggy with my girl sitting next to me probably shouldn't have had a big gulp full of ice tea but shit, it was 99 cents. I'll be blazing and smoking it. About to go and get some munchies next. Passing up on those cracker jacks. Reese's pieces are where it's at. Gotta get me some soda pop. Cotton mouth has been creeping up. I can't remember where I put my keys. Yeah, that's what's up. I'ma take your grandpa's ride. I'ma take your grandpa's ride. No, for real. Ask your grandpa. Can I take a 65? Seville cruising to my local Publix. Nothing better than rolling with two super fly chicks. They have frozen burritos. I bought frozen burritos. I bought some Ben and Jerry's. And then I bought some Cheetos. Hello, hello, my main man Obama. A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana. What you gonna do? Send the feds there? Hell no. The DEA's would be like, ah, oh, they got volcano. I'm gonna smoke some weed. Only got twenty dollars in my pocket. I'm a looking for a pot shop. This is fucking know about the science of marijuana what you know about people suffering from glaucoma they need it they need it it helps them with their condition if you don't believe me then just ask some eye physicians thank your granddad for voting for that guy richard nixon is the president who made the plant illegal but science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector fighting to keep all of that illegal alcohol and tobacco pharmaceutical prisons i'll take those four major lobby groups and fight those motherfuckers they're making money day and night all those motherfuckers and bribing congress out of sight all those motherfuckers They'd be like, oh, it's immoral and unhealthy I'm like, how many people are you making wealth? Anti-marijuana lobbies are making all kinds of profits And they don't want you to stop it because of all the special interests I call that getting swindled and pimped shit I call that getting tricked by the government That law's hella old So it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control Peak game, look into my political telescope Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't Not hella won't Being a hypocrite, you used to smoke weed, fool. I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got twenty dollars in my pocket. I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking awesome. Let's end the war on drugs, it's time to pull the plug. These special interest groups are nothing more than corporate thugs. Let's end the war on weed, the people have agreed. These 
Welcome back to Weekday Wednesday, everybody. How's it going out there? What is going on? What are you guys all up to? What you using to make yourself feel better? What do you guys use for anxiety? What do you use for anxiety? That's a good question. We should look that up. Most likely us. Cannabis. Sometimes people, I mean, in cannabis, uh, most likely cannabis. Uh, indica is what I meant to say, but um, yeah. So, um, anyway, that's a good question. What? Let's see. Maybe we could look it up. What cannabis is good for um, anxiety? Let's see. What it is. Sour diesel. Not only recommend. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. All right, let's see if this works now because the darn show crapped out on me. So, Silver Sister, can you hear me now? Um, yep, we've got a radio show going. Apparently it's going. Um, <laughs> what happens every week, so we'll see. I've got you on my phone now. I had to dial in and trick the show. What the heck it is? Every single week it happens. I mean, I know I have the, you know, vortex from hell over here <laughs> as far as signals go. So maybe that's just it. Maybe it's just my stupid signal. It's just no good, but I don't know. Seems weird. Anywho, um, I was going to read to you about, um, let's see, adult use cannabis sales have generated $15 billion in sales tax revenue by Andriana Ustito. And this is from our friends at Cannabis Business, who always send us a magazine. Uh, Silver Sister, can you hear me now? Let's see. Can you hear me now? Right. Since Colorado and Washington launched adult use cannabis sales in 2014, uh, states have generated more than $15 billion in adult use cannabis tax revenue, uh, according to an analysis from the Marijuana Policy Project. 2022, states collectively brought in about $3.77 $3.77 billion in cannabis tax revenue exclusively result in sales, representing a slight decrease from $3.86 billion in one. Uh, the decrease was mainly in mature markets. However, despite the dip, each state's 2022 tax revenue still exceeded pre-COVID figures. Here we go. Washington State, $529.4 million state tax revenue. Oregon, $150.3 million state tax California, $1.1 billion whew, in state tax revenue. Wow. Alaska, $28.6 million state tax revenue. Holy. Uh, Arizona, 
$223.9 million in state tax revenue. There you go, kids. Nevada, uh, $197 million state tax revenue. Montana, $42 million. Guys, you guys got to catch up. Come on. Time to contribute. Get, get to your weed smokers. Um, Illinois, $562.1 million. Nice. Very nice. Goodness. Uh, Michigan, 326 point, uh, no, 326 million. Page to read off of. <laughs> uh, Vermont, 2.4 million dollars. Maine, 25.3 million. Pulling in up there. Whoop whoop. Massachusetts, woo. 250.7 million dollars. Uh, and Rhode Island, 579, 439 thousand. Okay, all right. There's a start. There's a start. You gotta start somewhere. And Jersey, New Jersey, 20.1 million dollars. All right. So from 14, 16 to 18 to 20 to 2022, we went 80. No. 68.5 million, 3.8 billion dollars state tax revenue. Now, what are they going to do with all that? That's probably our biggest question. What are they doing with it? All right, this is a great magazine. Cultivation mixes by SunGrow Horticulture, uh, Senate Banking Committee hearing yields, mixed reviews on tasting. Okay, well, we can read that. <clears throat> Let's see if it's bright enough. These, oh, why these? Like, well, let's see if I can. That, but I can't even. I don't even know if you can hear me now. So, I'm hoping, hoping you you can hear me. Can you hear me now? Um, all right. The congressional body invited bill sponsors and industry proponents and prohibitionists to testify. Federal cannabis banking reform made uh, reform made its big debut in the U.S. Senate Banking Committee, but for an examination not a vote. Associate editor Tony Lang reported on CannabisBusinessTimes.com in May, quote, Thursday's discussion marks the first major headway for the legislation in the Senate. The committee's meeting was titled Examining Cannabis Banking Challenges of Small Businesses and Workers. Small businesses. (laughs) Quote, committee chairman uh, Sherrod Brown from Ohio and ranking member Tim Scott welcomed six witnesses May 11th to testify on the Secure and Fair Enforcement Safe Banking Act of 2023 legislation that would allow federally regulated financial institutions to work with state legal cannabis businesses that often operate in cash under the plant's uh, status as a Schedule One drug, Ling wrote. While previous versions of the legislation passed seven times with wide bipartisan support in the U.S. House <clears throat> since 2019, safe banking has been absent of Senate action the past two uh, Congresses, notably with former Majority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, and current Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, unwilling to push for a pathway for the bill to arrive on the floor um, of the upper chamber as a standalone measure. Hmm. I wonder why that is, guys. Hmm. Uh, the bill's latest version was introduced April 26 by a group of bipartisan House and Senate lawmakers 
Uh, here are some key comments from witnesses at the May meeting, as reported by Cannabis Business. Senator Sher Sherrod Brown. In his opening remarks, Senator Brown said, um, banking is critical for small business cannabis businesses that already face hurdles uh, getting their operations off the ground. Quote, like any business, they need to apply uh, <clears throat> for licenses and raise capital, he says. That's hard to do when you don't have a bank account, or if you do, one that might come with a lot of fees without full sorry, access to the banking and payment system. <laughs> sorry, a little scratchy voice here. <clears throat> Can you hear me now? All right. Okay, good deal. Oof. All right, this thing. All right, here we are. Um, let's see. So, yeah, legal cannabis businesses can't access SBA loans and know that even if they try to apply for a bank loan, they may go through all the uh, costs and efforts uh, only to be denied. As a result, Many small businesses deal with large sums of cash, and sometimes entrepreneurs hire third-party service providers that take a hefty cut from their already slim profits, uh, Brown's profit margins, Brown said. Uh, Senator Jeff Markley, Safe Banking Act sponsor uh, from Oregon, said, an industry that now supports more than 400,000 jobs and accounts for more than $25 billion in annual sales in states where Cannabis is legal should enjoy the same abilities to access the basic necessities offered to all other business types, whether that's banking, credit card accounts, payroll, or other financial services. Quote, forcing legal businesses to operate in a cash economy is terrible for accountability, but it's great for crime, Merkley said. It has left these businesses <clears throat> and all... Um, that are connected to them open to violent crime, open to money laundering, employee theft, tax fraud, and more. Kevin Sabat, CEO of Prohibitionist Group Smart Approaches to Marijuana, SAM, and a former White House uh, Office of National Drug Control Policy Advisor said, the Safe Banking Act would only further normalize cannabis, which is not what the nation needs during a time of mental health challenges and current suicide rates. Quote, and we're spending your important time talking about how we can turn our kids into a great national experiment, an experiment rigged towards addiction, misery, and our next public health calamity, he said. Uh, he also failed, oh, Sabbath failed to mention that the legal age to purchase adult use cannabis is 21, the same as alcohol in 23 states that have reformed their prohibition laws. Senator Steve Daines from uh, Montana, also a safe sponsor. Uh, Daines said, allowing cash from legal regulated businesses to enter the banking system will help law enforcement more easily distinguish legitimate actors and focus more of their resources on prosecuting the illicit market, which poses greater threats to public society. Quote, the people in states across the this country has spoken, and it's abundantly clear that the status quo is not uh, only unattainable, it's very dangerous, he said. Quote, the Safe Banking Act is a common sense bill that can and should pass and would immediately improve the public safety threats where 
seeing on the ground in our state. As of press time, no further news has emerged. RE, the bill states, stay up to date at CannabisBusiness.com. Yeah, no kidding. Hold on, please. That was a big one to read. Um, Safe banking. Yeah, how can you legalize, you know, something on a level, but still keep it so illegal that, yeah, you're going to have money laundering and tax evasion and all all sorts of uh, not good practices and crime and, yeah, the whole nine. So think about it, think about it, think about it. All right, let's see what's going on. Silver Sister, what's going on in New York over there? Of course, you're not over in New York. You're over by the falls. <laughs> New York, eh? All right, let's see. Uh, what's going on? Dispensary design, do's and don'ts for optimal customer experience. Um, where the nation's uh, largest eight cannabis MSO are expanding in 2023 and why. Florida Adult Youth Sponsor files a 99 brief page supporting measure with Supreme Court. See what else is going on. Oh, you can go by state, state by state. Let's see. How do we get back there? That was a good one. Um, we're gonna we are on cannabis business time. Just kind of checking out their website, and that's it. CannabisBusinessTime.com. Um, you can subscribe to their uh, newsletter. Um, you can. I think I don't know if you have to be a business to subscribe to the actual magazine, but I like having it in your hand because the book's not a book without pictures, right, Silver Sister? All right. <laughs> oh boy, I almost got kicked out of a. Uh, good thing I was on my way to, out of a grocery store because I said that, and this kid just like almost like he almost lost it. Oh man, yep. Book's not a book. All right, let's see here. Looking at the pictures, how to navigate utility rebates and incentives. Yeah, holy cow, Uh, especially if you're doing the indoor thing. It'd be really nice to be able to grow outdoors, Um, but right now I think it's just a little too hot for me um, to be doing that and for the plants to be living. Uh, Oh, and economical new advancements in biological control. Five questions with Arbico Organics, Ariana Taylor. Yay, we love Arbico. Woo-hoo, they're great. Before I get my ladybugs when I was growing, I got ladybugs up there. And all sorts of other things. Nice little drive up the mountain. Up the hill there. All right, effective and economical new advancements in biological control. One, what is new in biological control? It is a very exciting time for biological control, not only is the uh, cater of available predators vaster than ever. The the release technology, the availability of life stages, and the number of producers continue to grow. Information is readily available. The tools for pest identification are smarter. And the product lines that work in conjunction with predators are ever-increasing in the age of information and is a... (coughs) Bad time to be a vet. <laughs> That's funny. They're showing some, um, what is this? Um, phytocellulose permissive. It doesn't look good. They look like mites is what they look like. Um, 
two, how is the biological control industry changing to accommodate the need for economic and effective pest control? The vision that has gone into release technology in recent years is utterly amazing. Not only do we see entire breeding colonies within sachets, but uh, the sachets can only uh, also withstand moisture and less than ideal conditions. They come on sticks with hooks in easy to distribute strips. You can even choose how many predators per um, sachet you need. Uh, growers no longer need to worry about substrates littering their plants because we have blister packs and hanging release cards. There are living and supplemental food uh, sources available for uh, to encourage feeding in predators, sometimes incorporated within the release mechanism. Wow, that's that's awesome. All I got was a bag of ladybugs. They're like, go, get out. <laughs> Three, what are the advantages uh, or gains to these new technologies in biologicals? Even some of the tried and true predatory insects have gained efficiencies in the last few years. Predatory mite, phyto, uh, this, this little booger up front, Phytocelius permissus persimilis, is now available reared using an alternative diet. Uh, which allows for stronger, more stable predators and additional life stages for extended control. Beneficial nematodes have been used for decades to control soil pests. Arbico Organics nematac bees hold the power of beneficial nematodes in a uh, shelf-stable, slow-release, encapsulated bead. These allow for a fast application without the mess and hassle of pre-mixing in advance. Ooh. Four. Where can I reduce my expenses on pest control? Reduction in human labor costs is possible when implementing in uh, integrated pest management IPM practices early and integrating these new delivery systems. A single application of controlled release uh, sachets can provide preventative control up to six weeks. Um, trichogramma <laughs> for lip. Uh, Lepidopterian pests. Sorry, I butchered that. Now available in multi-wave capsules, <laughs> allowing three releases of um, trichogramma. <laughs> trichogram, trichogramma. What it says in a single application, as well as being compatible with drone mechanisms. Many predatory insects are now available in me uh, mediums and substrates compatible for use in drones and other uh, mechanical applications. And five, how do I know what's right for our operation? Know your enemies. Monitoring pest thresholds, trapping adults, and identifying pests are your first defenses. This information arms you to make the most appropriate selection of predatory insects and determine if you need a knockdown spray to bring levels back under control. Knowledge is power, and there is more knowledge available uh, than ever through online resources and pest control advisors, PCA. Learn more at arbico-organics.com, PCA, pest control advisors. Well, yeah, especially if you're dealing super large scale, any scale, <clears throat> you want to control your pests, that's for sure. 
And in the past, I've had lots of different pests, white flies, spider mites. Um, there was one other thing I had. But it's not a fun thing to to, uh, to wake up to. Um, and it's scary because, yeah, look at all these pictures. Ugh. Ugh. It's so scary to look at. <laughs> and one of the scariest things I've ever seen was going to the plant room at night. And everything looks fine. And then in the morning you wake up and it's just uh, oozing, oozing with spider webs. Like just draped all over your plants. It is the scariest thing ever. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, know your enemies. Um, plant quarantine. Yep. Uh, skipping the essential step of isolating your plants before in- introducing them. Your program can be detrimental to your flow. Um, I don't know if we have time for the whole article, but it's an important one. All right, quarantine time, and that's what happens if you have bugs or something. You don't want to introduce your plant back, but we'll read a little bit about this. We're getting near the end, folks. Thank you for putting up with this show each and every week. We really do appreciate you, and we love Wednesday, Wednesday, and Tumbleweed Health Center, and the good leaf. Um, all right. All right. Okay. Plant quarantine. In multiple articles over the years, I've mentioned the need to quarantine new genetics, clones, and various inputs before introducing them to the cultivation environment. But what does it really mean to quarantine the cannabis plant? How can you ensure plants are appropriately isolated until they're ready to be introduced into the environment? To quarantine a cannabis plant means to place it in isolation in a separate location because the plant potentially has been exposed to contagious disease or pests. All new genetics, even if plants are from trusted and reliable sources and suppliers, should be quarantined before introducing them into a grow environment. Designated space. Quarantining agricultural products and some plants or plant material is a standard practice in commercial agriculture that is enforced by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Whether the products are imported fruits and vegetables or fresh cut flowers, all are inspected either before export or after import, and sometimes both. In some instances, goods or products must be quarantined prior to distribution. Uh, In a perfect world, a cannabis cultivation facility would have a designated quarantine facility site. Um, hang on. Let's get here. Uh-huh. Okay, off-site. <laughs> Nowhere near the cultivation environment. At this separate location, clone plants and seedlings could be thoroughly inspected and tested to make absolutely sure the plant is pest and disease-free. Because like I said before, you don't. Want, I've done it. You don't want to do it. It's horrible, and it's very sad. But few of us live in a perfect world and can afford a standalone quarantine facility. Therefore, a designated quarantine environment can be built within the cultivation facility as far away from other plants as possible. A highly trained employee should also be responsible for the quarantine area where they exclusively work and avoid walking past or through other cultivation areas. That's true. Sometimes they put these basic hazmat suits on. 
Uh, the quarantine area should be a completely sealed environment, and employees should have uh, access to a separate entrance whenever possible, not shared with other environments. A negative pressure environment so that any pest separation is minimized. Uh, separate ventilation ducting with air sterilizing capabilities for both incoming air as well as exhausted air to prevent cross-contamination via ventilation from another environment. Designated employee clothing uh -huh, and footwear, um, example, the Tyvek suits and hairnets, a decontamination booth, blow-off booth, uh, a bob that uses powerful jets to air to remove potential contamination particles from employees' clothing, shoes, and hair, foot washing, uh, sterilization masks at the door. Additionally, protocols should be in place to prevent employee cross-contamination, including but not limited to preventing departments such as propagation team or the flowering team from interacting. Wow. A typical quarantine lasts for four weeks, depending on how thorough and proactive they are in their observation, uh, inspection, and testing. Quarantine periods should be at least four weeks to ensure only symptoms manifest themselves before the plants are moved into the main facility. While the plants are in quarantine, um, I'll read, there, there's a whole list. And um, I'll read one, and then maybe we'll leave the rest as a surprise for next time. Quarantine your plants, visually inspect all aspects of the plant and to regulate. Look in the crevices of all the vegetation and look at all the Wednesday, um, quarantine. We'll read more about quarantine next week. Thank you so much for tuning into the Thank you.